Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. It is ReCW. It is time to have a look as we continue our journey all the way from episode one of to 401 of ECW TV, stopping along the way for the scenic sights that are the pay-per-views, the specials, and all the random shit we go off and watch just to break it up a little bit. Um, and uh, we tonight are looking at episode... 139 and 140, starting with the 19th of December, 1995, and then moving on to the 24th of December, 1995. Um, I am Jay, and with me is... Griff. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say you nailed it. After last <laughs> week, like, I thought that was pretty much spot on. And <laughs> You've obviously been practicing. You've obviously been practicing. Yeah. I have. I've gone back. I've listened to um, all of our podcasts available on uh, Stitcher, on iTunes, on Anchor and anywhere else good podcasts are available um, to try and make sure I knew what I was saying. So I, uh, I knew what to do. Um, I've listened back to some of our greatest hits, like, for instance, um, you know, my thinking your name was Chris at one point. Um, but, you know, I know you're not Chris, so that's a good thing. Um <laughs> So yeah, I was I was uh, I was going for it. I was very impressed. Thank you, thank you very much. It's you're... like you're partying, like it's 1995. It, that 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 clock is ticking. I've I've got my New Year's plans for 1995, and I'm ready to go. How's your week been, Griff? It's been good. It's been good. It's been eventful, especially in the um, wrestling world. But hey. One here, we're not here to talk about. Yeah, this day and age. So, I mean, there's there's a few points where we feel bad about the fact that we can't talk about the modern product when it's and we don't get to to reference it and talk about it. And then weeks like this happen, and I'm happy that we don't have to talk about how you get DQ in a Hell in Cell match and things like that. So, I'm happy to go back in time to a different format where. We don't have to worry about silly endings that make no sense. I feel a less judgmental time, a less critical, like like critics wise. Like there was no Twitter, there was no voice to be heard. You just told your mates in class, down the path at work, depending on your age range. Well, ninety five, I still would have been in school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. So um, you're not just joining, random... and... yeah, yeah. You're not you're not just joining random academic excursions just to talk about wrestling now. I'm not. I would have been in year nine or ten, I believe. And for Americans, I don't know what grade that would be. I'd imagine the fourth grade. I guess it's first grade is the first year. Um, assume the fourth grade. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I would have been like three, three or four years into secondary school, and I'd be lying if I said I watched ECW back then. But I can relive it now. Well, you would have been lying because at this point, ECW was not available for us in the UK. So, shortly in a couple of years' time, Bravo gets some tapes um, and get to show some episodes. And uh, both Paul and I re- remember that time very fondly. Uh, mainly because we same, saw the same episode of ECW, no matter how many times we stayed up to watch it. Um, but um, 
yeah, it was um, it was a different time. It was it was not a time where ECW was readily available in the UK, and um, uh, so getting to go back and watch this all again is a is a the joy that keeps on joying. This is why we will not be cancelling our WWE Network description. Otherwise, we would not be able to enjoy and watch this. No, this is worth the money on itself, I am sure. Um, and it means that we don't have to get all kind of, you know, sticky talking about the, the modern stuff, which is good. Definitely. Moist, even. So uh, let us move on and let us talk about something far more exciting, which is the 19th of December, 1995, ECW 139, and it starts with the highlights of the triangle match last week. Yeah, lengthy highlights of the triangle match, um, which obviously we've covered already. So it was nice to watch if you've missed it. Um, but it leads up nicely to a, a strong um, Steve Austin promo. It does. So um, the uh, the match is, um, as you said, pretty much the same as last week. Um, interesting to see how the highlights were kind of set out. Uh, but, um, you know, shockingly, the outcome is the same. Yes. Um, we are informed that Sandman has three challenges already on the horizon. Cactus Jack, Steve Austin and Conan are all uh gunning for the the extreme world champion with his broken hand um and as you said we then go to hear from the superstar um wearing camo the 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 move towards the steve austin that we know is uh, is getting closer he's sitting there with short buzzed hair and and uh, a camo jumper on a camo jacket on yeah, you feel like the goat. He must be coming soon. <laughs> I mean, he gets into w- in uh, WWE before that comes through. But yeah, this is pretty much his his hairstyle and his look for the remaster. That I remember it. It pretty much is. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the promo? Strong promo. At one point, I got really confused, but then I knew where it was going, and I got really confused because he. He goes on about how like he never got any title shots in WCW, um, and all of a sudden he's had two title shots back to back, and he's lost both of them. Um, so that bit was pretty pretty strong. Then he goes on to say how Eric Bischoff is the greatest commentator ever. He didn't give Eric Bischoff as much credit as he should have done. He's great, and he should. And I thought, where's he going with this? But obviously, it's like, I need to go because I'm not as hardcore. Please let me come back. Please let me come back, Eric, because I'm not hardcore enough for ECW. And then he said, that's what I should do. But no, I'm going to win the championship. So once I knew where he was going with it, yeah, I thought it was a really, really strong promo. And I don't know, because obviously I missed a couple on holiday. Is this the first time we hear, and that's the bottom line from Austin? I think it is. Um, I mean, there was a really interesting sentence in there where he's talking about, you know, as you said, he's, he's complaining because he said um, he, he didn't get the opportunities in, in WCW and he can't say that in ECW. He's had two title shots, both of them he's, he's, he's 
you know, fucked basically. And he says, um, maybe Steve Austin is never going to be the superstar that everybody thought he was going to be. And there's a certain amount of kind of, there's a look in his eye and there's a feel in the voice of you, you sense that as much as this is a line, maybe he believes that maybe that's a fear. Maybe that's a worry. That's a little bit true. Um, and knowing just how close he is to becoming the name in wrestling, the biggest superstar since Hulk Hogan, eclipsing Hulk Hogan. Um, well, these list of promos must surely have been getting WWE's attention. I don't think we have Austin for too much longer. I don't think we have him for very long at all. So, whether it was on the cards for him to go anyway, but I'd imagine these promos have definitely got WWE's attention to come knocking. Yeah, I mean, I don't um, know whether he had a clause in his contract that meant he couldn't go directly to WWE, which was fairly standard at the time, which is why you see a lot of people stop in for ECW for a while. Um, yeah. So maybe he had like a 90 day or six month or something, probably like a 90 day that he couldn't go to WWE. Um, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he isn't with us for much longer. He is uh, due to go over and um, tonight, maybe that's another one. We go and see the ringmaster come through and uh, appear uh, when that happens. Yeah. As the million dollar champion, but yes, begs Bischoff to take him back because he just can't get it done in ECW, which although he goes on to then um, say that that's not what he's going to do and that he's going to challenge and blah, blah, blah. um, It's again, a lovely line to feed ECW and let them have so that when he goes off to do other things, he can, um, uh, you know, have that play. He wasn't hardcore enough for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just can't get it done in ECW. Um, so yeah, brilliant. He's going to take a couple of weeks off. He's going to heal up, and then he will be back. Very much so. I don't know if then. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like ECW haven't promised us things will happen before and they never happen. <laughs> but we'll we'll see. Then so next... we had. Taz versus El Puerto Ricano. Ricardo. Yeah. El Puerto Ricano. The Puerto Rican. Um, and Taz not only coming out with um, Bill Alfonso, but coming out with a towel over his head. The iconic look that we we come to recognize Taz. Yep. So all becoming the, the Taz that we know and love. Um, yeah, pretty much a, a massive squash match. Did this inspire you to start wearing a towel over your head when you walk into the office in the morning? Yeah, I get a couple of strange looks. Um, but then I put, put them in a transmission, I get suspended, and then just repeat that again when I come back. After taking a couple of weeks off to heal up? Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got you to work it through, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to. But yeah, I think this inspired loads of people back then to put towels over their heads. And just Yeah, I mean it's it I I would I could see that. And you know, if you ever need a tag team partner to run in, if you never ever need that partner to run in, then you know, you give me a call because 
as I've told you before, if I was a polo, if I was a polo, not Chris, you'd be my hole. So I will <laughs> be there for you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, so Taz uh, fights El Puerto Ricano. Squash match, as you said. Um, crowd not fans of Taz at the moment. Um, and are chanting for Sabu as the match goes on. But as you, as you say, the match goes on. And obviously, the biggest talking point, I suppose, is after the match. And when Taz grabs the, grabs the mic. He does. Um, which I thought was pretty strong. <laughs> pretty much said Sabu's fighting in Japan where people care about him. He doesn't care about you. And I don't give a fuck about you either. It was, um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And um, I've just finished reading um, uh, a book on ECW uh, that I got okay. for my birthday. Um, and uh, it's uh, Turning the Tables by John Lister. Very good book, an unauthorized and uncensored uh, look at ECW. And it was talking a little bit about this feud between Taz and Sabu um, because it builds for uh, over a year before they actually touch. Um, mm. And he, it was saying that, you know, this was kind of the beginning of it uh, with Taz making that, that announcement and that call. Um, but uh, he'd already done something very similar backstage. He was pissed off that Sabu had. Uh, stiffed the company for money, gone um, and taken other dates, uh, not upheld his, uh, his his bookings with ECW and taken ones for a New Japan offshoot instead, um, and then was welcomed back by both the fans and, more importantly, the office with, with open arms, given a, a huge intro. Um, so yes, it's uh, this is this is born of fact. This is born of his backstage uh, annoyance. That well, I think um, they touched on it a little bit on the DVD, the um, the rise and fall of ECW. Yeah, but obviously not probably didn't go into much detail as the book. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I love like the whole behind the scenes politics and. What's really going on? It really inspires really great promos. Well, I will recommend the book Turning the Tables by John Lister. Um, it is uh, one that you're probably going to be hearing more and more about as we go through because it's uh, got some really fantastic stuff in there and some good behind the scenes kind of stuff that we'll uh, talk about when it becomes relevant. Um, good. Next, we had a Heavenly Bodies promo. Yes, we did. Now, you were impressed with the heaven, Heavenly Bodies last week. You had been converted to heaven, Heavenly Bodies fan. How are they doing yeah. for you? Are they, are they your new public enemy? Um, they're not my new public enemy, but they have raised my eyebrow. Oh, I didn't realise I said that. In a way that... Yeah, the, the promo is a pretty short promo. Um... They're good. Um, I do know which will come to later, like where their future lies. But I, I was one small remark made really kind of surprised me. And I'll put it in the little group offline. But obviously, Raven comes in and does his um, Nevermore. I'm going to take away the last of Tommy Dreamer's friends. And um, yeah, then the line comes out like, can smell what he's cooking. 
and it, it blew does. my mind. It blew my mind. The, the American gigolo Jimmy Del, Jimmy Del Rey can smell what a raven is cooking. Which, uh, again, is ECW influence WWE. And more importantly, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Um, yeah. Stole it. Stole it completely. Made it his own. Um, surely he's he's entitled to a little bit of uh, merchandise sales for. Oh, I mean, and in in kind of the your seven shades of separation, you know that. So that's Jimmy Del Rey with the line. His partner in the ring is Doctor Tom. Yeah, Doctor Tom Pritchard is um, brother of Bruce, trainer yes. of many many talents, including Kurt Angle, and um, helped train. Uh, a young Rocky Johnson, uh, Rocky Maivia, as he came through. Of course. So, yeah. Rock, I don't think it premiered for another year. I think it 96 Survivor Series. Was it 97? 96 sounds right. Um, as the blue chipper. But I didn't know that wasn't the first time we saw him. Who, the Rock? Yeah. He came out as Mark Merrow's entourage initially. Which you didn't know until I like going back to see when The Rock um, debuted. His first sighting on WWE TV was part of um, Mark Merrow's entourage. Yeah. Back in his Flex Kavanagh days. Yes. Not that Wikipedia's always right, but we say that they're about no. to be right on this one. They're about to be right on this one. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, pretty good promo. Pretty much like said they'd take out. The public enemy, so another one of Tommy Dreamer's friends are gone. Um, yeah, which led up to the public enemy versus the heavenly bodies. Yeah, the build up continues. So, uh, we had a very quick hype video for Cactus Jack and Sabu. Oh, yeah. What did you think? Are you excited for Cactus Jack versus Sabu? Yet again, I think, yeah, I think you can't not be really. It, it, it's just what it says on the tin, doesn't it? It's just carnage, tables breaking, chairs. It's yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm interested, um, but I remember that I wasn't very impressed with some of the previous ones we've had. So the first one was um, the stinker that really upset yeah. Cactus Jack because they tried to wrestle a very different like map based style and it just really didn't gel and didn't work um the second one we watched was far more violent um and involved um cactus jack taking an absolutely horrific crack over the back of the skull with a bottle um and uh all sorts of just like random injuries going through so um they're they're a bit of a train wreck um but especially with Cactus, with his um, anti-hardcore stylings that he's doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think it could be quite an interesting match to see. So I'm, 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 I'm in, I think. I'm cautiously in. Hopefully it's on the positive scale rather than the, like the first outing we saw. We can hope. We can hope. Speaking of on hope. the positives, Public Enemy are out dancing. They are, and they're not the only ones. Why, Griff? Who's with them? 
Bumper Ray. <laughs> I can't believe this guy. The fact you see this guy and you know what the global superstar he, he turns into and the career he has. And obviously watching the ECW, The Rise and Falls, knows that he kind of was in charge of, I think, of cast my mind back, like merchandising and all that. So he kind of is like a Marinas. massive... Like, and you see this character he's portraying now. The crowd love him. He, someone's over. So I think we only featured like... It couldn't be more than eight or nine episodes ago. And and the crowd absolutely love him um, as a stand... I know you've got the Dudley family, but he really just stands out. You don't see any other chance for any of the other rest of the Dudley family. I won't say Dudley boys, because obviously... They are different in my mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fair play. He's got some moves as well. He's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's just definitely got some um, interesting moves, isn't he? He definitely are. I, I thought when I watched it, I thought, oh God, the public enemy are going to attack him because obviously he's part of Raven's flock. And then, um, yeah, I didn't expect. Um, Basically, dancing, public enemy, I love it. Then they kind of, li- I, I don't know if they leave the ring. They leave the ring to go into the crowd. I don't know why. Um, and then the heavenly bodies come out and um, attack Bubba Ray. Which is interesting because Raven has also a, a li- aligned himself with the Dudley family. Yeah, now, so that this kind of plays back from... Um last week where or uh, where the, the or the week before where the um uh heavenly bodies hit the ring and surprised everyone with their entrance and their um debut and yeah. uh kind of got a little bit overexcited and started hitting the dudley boys with chairs when they're meant to be on the same side as the dudleys and raven and stevie um and this has played off that um the Heavenly Bodies want to be Raven's premier tag team. They want to be the ones that Raven sends after the tag championships. And therefore, there is a little bit of professional jealousy towards the Dudleys, who are the more established ECW team. And therefore, that is why they are taking these shots and trying to beat up um, one of their, in theory, stablemates. Yeah. Which I'm all for. I was um, I was happy with that. I was happy with that story. Um, I liked the fact that they, they wasted time doing a little bit of a weird logic onto something that is just one of them things. I was expecting the rest of the Dudley families, though, to storm out and come to, like, his defence. They're, um, they're a little bit lacklustre, aren't they? Um, they are I mean, I don't know whether this is Big Dick saying if you dance, then... It's up to you. You're on your own. Pretty much. There's no dancing with Dudley. There's no sign guide Dudley. There's, there's no one. Um, but yeah, they give him the microphone and he does his little thing of like, I'm Bubba Ray Dudley and get in the ring, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, which he kind of does. And then it just cuts the match and we don't see him again. No. And the match just goes off and... Uh... Happens in its own magic little way. So, what did you think of the the, the big um, heavenly bodies versus public enemy match? I thought it was good, but I thought 
I've got to the point where, like, obviously I know they're going anyway. I've kind of seen it all before. I, I think that's absolutely fair. I think that's exactly where I was in the sense of it's your standard. Well, even you like you got a checklist. I'm like, okay, they've done that tick, they've done that tick. Uh, even got up to like near the eagle's nest, like tick. I, I I just felt, I don't know, knowing they were going, I thought like passing of the torch that they'd lose. Um. So I was quite surprised to see that they won. Um, and reading on it, we don't see the heavenly bodies again. No. So uh, I think that's the point. You know, whilst there are a huge chance of please don't go to the uh, aimed at public enemy. Um, yeah. Because obviously, you know, this is a smart crowd and people know that they are uh, about to move. Um, the heavenly bodies also don't have a deal by the looks of things and don't have any kind of long-term commitment. In fact, the heavenly bodies, I think, are out of here before Public Enemy. Because um, Public Enemy are due to be at the House Party 96, which is the farewell to the Public Enemy show, uh, whereas the heavenly bodies, I don't think, come back. No, well, according to Wikipedia, this is the last time you see them as we see them now. A Heavenly Bodies team don't resurface in professional wrestling till 2000. According to my massive source book of Wikipedia. So we shall see how it goes. And they do reference that in the next one, but we will get there. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not a bad match. It's a public enemy match. As you said, if you've watched the 38-disc best of, then you know exactly what you're getting. Both sides um, of the discs, don't forget. Oh, God. So, is that, like, 19 discs, but it's front and back? No, 36 front and back. 38 front and back? Yeah. So, 76 sides of Public Enemy. Yeah, for every match, you've got to turn the disc over halfway through. Jeez. It sounds better than what it is. It sounds better than what it is. It's even worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Just goes for a moonsault, then it just a little message comes out saying, please turn disc over. And you're like, oh, okay. I'm right to that point. You want to hear the rest of our promo? <laughs> then you've got to turn the disc over. The Mac Daddies of Violence. On a really random note, I found it really weird for these two episodes that they're really pushing the January 3rd event, but Holiday Hell wasn't mentioned at all. No, that was weird, wasn't it? Um, I don't know if that's because it's just a house show and a DVD special, but Holiday Hell is not, apart from the fact that I know that Sandman um, must be defending his belt against one of them. I I, I don't know who on on that show. It isn't mentioned, just the whole... um, Goodbye to the public enemy, um, January third one. Yeah, I just found it really weird. Which bear in mind that Holiday Hell, I think, is 29th? December thirtieth. Yeah, somewhere. I think it's December thirtieth. That's like four days apart. Yeah. So um, uh, our next show, uh, RCW's next show, is is covering Holiday Hell next week, um, as well as a nineteen ninety five year in review. Um, maybe with Paul if he's decided to rejoin the twenty first century. Um, but uh, yeah, odd that that's not referenced in any way, shape, or form. So it'll be interesting to see what we have on that card. 
um, given, as you said, they've not mentioned it once, they're pushing the house party card. Uh, so we shall see, we shall see. But let us finish the ECW TV of 1995 first by going into the episode 140 broadcast day of the 24th of December 1995. Christmas Eve has come and it has brought you a kind of a recap show, really. I guess everyone's celebrating Christmas. <laughs> so let's show you a little bit of what you've already seen. Um, a strong episode if you're at home, I suppose, because they do show you in this entirety, the um, Mexican death match, not first a Texas death match, then. No, it's the, the Mexican death match between Psychosis and Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, yeah, so um, again, if you weren't buying ECW home videos, then you would not have seen um, all of. Uh, November to remember and you wouldn't have seen these matches so the fact that they're on TV for free is pretty special um, Ray versus Psychosis uh, the hottest feud in Mexico for 18 months now boiling over into ECW they did a little bit of the history of the two out of three falls match and the first match and now they've gone into the Mexican death match which is basically yeah. you have to be in the ring on your feet by the count of 10 or you lose um We've kind of covered this match. We covered it when we watched November to Remember. Um, I wasn't a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of the storytelling in it. I think if you looked, if this was not a Mexican death match, but an Iron Man match, then I think Psychosis won something like seven to one or seven to two. Um, It was like ridiculous, like near, I said near full, pin fourth. Yeah, it just just didn't carry the right, it was just a bit stupid really. Psychosis's biggest issue on this was he wasn't clever enough in the sense that every time he beat and fairly pinned and got the three count on Rey Mysterio, it just so happened he did it in the ring. What he should have done is taken him outside so he couldn't get back in the ring on time. Um, yeah. Uh, because that's the ending. Uh, so it was a little weird. It was a, it was a very strange um, thing. Two things occurred to me in this match, though. The first... Is looking at Psychosis' um, uh, mask um, uh, and the horns. Um, it occurred to me that uh, I wish I'd been born a unicorn. Um, <laughs> and secondly, and more importantly, I'm still a big fan of Rey Mysterio's poncho uh, with ECFNW on one side, AAA on the other. Um, I think his poncho is the highlight of my match. It is sick. I wonder when that once he stopped being referred to as Rey Mysterio Jr. WWE. WWE just don't address the junior. Mm. They're, they're the first people, are they? So, yeah. Because he's a Rey Mysterio Jr. Fine. in um, WCW. Oh. So WWE, when they put him back in the mask, yeah, just call him Rey Mysterio. Okay. Um. Yeah, and obviously they do show you at the end of the match um, the whole, again, we've seen this before, uh, Jason asking Rey Mysterio to be his manager. Um, so I want to go back ever so slightly because um, in between them building the hottest feud in Mexico and actually going on to the match, there was a big bit that we missed, which was Joey Styles saying that on the WCW hotline, 
Macho Man Randy Savage had said about wanting to recruit women to be his manager and valet. And woman apparently, has, woman has apparently said that she is not interested in this um, and explains it all on the hardcore hotline. Um, but I know she doesn't stay very long. So it's interesting. Well, woman, that woman, is, woman is going soon. Mm. So she may or may not be going off to manage Macho Man Randy Savage because apparently he's called it out on the hotline. And I assume she's going because I, I assume she's dating Benoit now. No, nope, she's still married to Kevin, Kevin Sullivan at this point. Oh, okay. But Kevin Sullivan's at WCW now anyway, right? He is booking so I WCW at this point. I, I, either way, like she's following her, her other half Yes. at the time. Okay. Yeah, I missed that because I knew I've seen the Def, Mexican death match on the WWE Network notes. So I just went to the next kind of segment and um, I completely missed that. And the next segment is Jason coming out to say he wants to manage Ray. Ray is unimpressed. Yeah. And therefore, uh, Jason then uh, gets his eliminators to beat up. Um, yep. Uh, Ray Mysterio. Yep. Um, interesting tidbit from uh, Turning the Tables by John Lister. Do you know who came up with Jason's catchphrase of how do you like my... Uh, Heyman? Todd Gordon's daughter. Oh. Commissioner Gordon. Is she anyone in? Do we ever meet her? She I don't think so. She was, she was a teenager at the time, or fairly young at the time, and um, apparently she came up with it, and uh, it stuck, and it became a thing. No. There you go. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. So, um, 911 runs out to make the save, as we saw. Uh, but what we didn't know when we watched all of this unfold in uh, Halloween, uh, no, November to remember, uh, 1995, is that the match pitting the Eliminators against Rey Mysterio and 911 has been booked for House Party 96 Farewell to the Public Enemy. It was very clear they were setting this up for a tag team tag team match, which kind of reminiscent of like the Rey Mysterio and like Batista, Rey Mysterio and Big Show. He has had some big partners. To be fair, over the years. he's he's a fairly small guy as wrestlers go. I suppose he is really. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's let's not let's not pretend he could still kick my ass, but he is a fairly small guy. But is this um, the first time he's there with a giant? Is it not? I know, like a giant. Well, I mean, it would be his first time in American TV. I don't know about what he was doing in in AAA. I don't know whether they would have had someone large enough to team him with to have that height, yeah, um, disparity that we have in this one. I get you. Uh, we then go to the Eliminators versus the Pitbulls and have a little bit about their checkered history. Yeah. Um, their checkered history basically is that the Pitbulls continue to beat up the Eliminators. They continue to try and win. And then just as they're about to win, Francine gets herself in some sort of trouble that means the Pitbulls lose. Yeah. Um, and this match is no different. 
the Pitbulls are in control. Jason gets his hands on Francine. Um, Pitbulls stop. They then get hit with some very odd-looking chair shots. Um, they go down, and then they're about to turn their attention to Francine, and the evil eliminators are about to hurt poor Francine when... Nine one one. Nine one one runs in, does a double choke slam on the eliminators, and makes the save. Why is it funny that this is what's happened? Why is it funny? Mm. What's I mean, it's not quite ironic, but what, what's the coincidental thing as to why, as to nine one one running in to make the save and choke slamming people to save Francine? Gone. I lost. Francine's first uh, exposure in ECW, her first thing to do in ECW, she uh, pretended to be Miss Montana on a show um, and was brought into the ring to, to congratulate being Miss Montana and outran um, 911 and choke slammed her. Good memory. So, full circle to the point where she's now officially a person on TV and it's being saved by the monster rather than choke slapped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much that. Then we have a few promos. Well, we have a build to Jimmy Del Rey versus Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah. Um, they explain that Tot- Dr. Tom has gone away, but Jimmy Del Rey still wants some of Bubba. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see if that actually happens. Then we've got a promo by the Sandman, who yep. uh, talks about being the extreme champion. Yeah. And unwraps his broken arm. He says about taking the cast off, it's obviously a bandage. Um, I have no medical training, I can tell you that. Uh, but he unwraps this, this broken hand, talks about uh, how he's ready to fight, uh, basically taking the piss out of Conan while he does it explains that he's the hardcore extreme champion. And to prove this, he puts the cigarette out on his broken hand. That guy's hardcore. He's hardcore. It was a fucking brutal moment. (laughs) And then we're into uh, the Pulp Fiction style promo. Which is obviously like... The reoccurring theme. There's loads of like little like segments, but the main reoccurring one, strangely, a very shaved Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack at home with his family. His family. Hardcore home movie. (laughs) Hardcore home movie, and I really enjoyed it. It got better and better. So I'm assuming that's used to seeing him shaved. Yes, that was very (laughs) weird, and his hair tied back. Um, so I'm assuming that was Noel, Noel Foley sitting with him. Yeah, it must have been. <coughs> At the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and then we have him uh, talking about, uh, you know, sneaking up on some carolers and, and chanting ECW because uh, yeah. he's hardcore and going to theme parks and people spotting him. Um, and then How saw do you one do of it? these things. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> and then we saw one of these things actually occur where the kid asked and he didn't believe that it was Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack proved it by showing that he doesn't have an ear. 
That's disgusting. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the Cactus Jack was the, the best of these promos by far. Uh, I close to second for me was Fonzie. Yeah. So Fonzie starts a promo about how he's going to beat everyone up and slap everyone and then looks around and goes, where's Taz? And wanders off. And then a little yeah. while later, it cuts back to him cutting exactly the same promo, but with Taz standing there next to him. Um, See, when it first happened, I thought, surely they could have cut that. Because he does the talking, then he kind of goes to starts again. And I thought, that's really bad editing. But then obviously the story unfolds. I should really wait for it to finish. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I think that the full start was a different thing because he kind of starts and then in his normal kind of voice just goes, okay, and then starts again. So I yeah. think that you're right. I think that first bit could have been cut. I don't think that's part of what it was. Um, but yeah. It's lazy and they styled it out. <laughs> I don't even think they styled it out. They just ignored it. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the second bit was, and then he kind of goes and, and, you know, is anyone, is anyone around? No one's around. Yeah. Is anyone coming? No one's coming. No be one's coming. No one's coming. Um, Taz just does look every inch the bad motherfucker that we expect. When you think, like, going back, like, 12 months, the Tasmaniac and all that, and where some people, they should never give the mic, like, we didn't really touch on the 911 promo. Because um, we get it again to this Christmas segment, and um, yeah, some people should never have the mic. But yeah, Taz, definitely someone who never did have the mic, but now definitely not only has the mic, but has our attention. But anyway, we know he already has our respect. <laughs> but yeah, bad motherfucker. That is, that, that, that is true, Mister Taz. Sir, please don't break me. Um, yeah, the nine one one nine one 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 was cringy. Yeah, like he he should almost like Big Dick, like just maybe just grunt. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and apart from that, we're special. That's nineteen ninety five. It is. That's that's us bringing ninety five to an end. Although we will officially do that next week, where we look at the holiday hell um, uh, special from the end of December and uh, do the rundown, hopefully with uh, Paul back at the helm and doing the intros properly um, if he can get his internet to work. Um, but yeah, what did you think of the last two episodes? Uh, obviously, first episode was good. Seven, okay, was, seven episode, episode was just recaps. When you think, in a way, it was December 24th, I just assume that they're kind of giving everyone holiday and let's just show a recap show and I kind of get it back then especially when you see like some people weren't paid and stuff like that and um see obviously the first episode was was, was good um, and the second episode was just yeah but it is the last episode of the year so I kind of let them off and understand it and what's your um segment that you must go out and watch and what's your segment that you must just skip for these two episodes must yep. skip is the nine one one kind of picks up a camera, yeah, and go go. I thought he'd shove it down a little bit better, um, but he doesn't. Um, and the segment must watch. <laughs> got to be Bubba Ray Dudley <laughs> dancing in the ring, and even got attacked. He does come across a bad motherfucker. Between that and again, the Taz segments are pretty strong. 
you got should check out the early Taz segments, not the Tasmaniac. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of that first episode could be picked. The superstar Steve Austin promo, I think, was very strong. The Taz yeah. match was brilliant. Um, uh, yeah. And then, uh, then we've got, you know, the hardcore home video as well in the second episode, which I thought was really good. So I think any of those three could be my ones to watch. And my skip would be probably public enemy versus um heavenly bodies because as you said it's just the same old stuff um yeah or if you've seen it the ray psychosis match because of all the reasons and all the issues i have with the ray psychosis match agreed agreed and that brings us to the end of ECW Hardcore TV for 1995. We've got one stop left in this year before we move on to 1996 and the just absolute roller coaster that we have coming through that and uh, ECW really starting to kick it into uh, a, a different gear altogether, which is crazy considering what we've already seen. Um, we are Sports Arena and we are everywhere. We are on your Twitter at underscore Sports Arena. We are on your Instagram at underscore Sports Arena. We are on your Zazzle. Search Sports Arena and see all the amazing T-shirts uh, that Paul can't delete because he doesn't have the internet. Um, and, uh, yeah, check out the archives. Check out the shows that we've done previously. Check out November to Remember 1995 just a few weeks ago to hear our thoughts on uh, Ray psychosis as well as a lot of the other matches um, and we've got some good stuff coming um, so we end this show as we always end this show and this week I can see that we are still recording so I am confident to say that it is time for Griff to take us through uh, one of his dramatic readings and it is always something that's inspired me throughout the show something I have been uh, inspired by it could be a promo. It has been a promo. It could be songs. Um, it could be whatever takes my fancy. And this week, as we near the end of the public enemy in ECW, and we build to um, the house party goodbye to public enemy show, um, I thought it only fair that we do something that I can't believe we haven't done before, which is uh, our number one, resident number one, uh, public enemy fan, aka Griff, um, the Griff Master General, um, to recount and to give it a dramatic reading of the song that gets the crowd every time they hear it and coming out. At this time, uh, not that you'd know from the network, but at this time, public enemy were coming out every single week to so Here Comes the Hot Stepper. And as that na 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 hit, the crowd went wild and danced their little booties off. So, with Here Comes the Hot Stepper. This is Griff. Hit it. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, 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 nah. Here comes the Hot Stepper. Murderer. I'm the lyrical gangster. Murderer. Pick up the crew. In a d- area, murderer, still love you like that, murderer. No, no, we don't die. Yes, we multiply. 
anyone test or hear the fat lady sing. Act like you know, Rico, I know what Bo don't know. Touch them up and go, uh-oh, cha-cha-chang-chang, chang. here comes the hot stepper, murderer. I'm the lyrical gangster, murderer. Excuse me, Mr. Officer, murderer. Still love you like that, murderer. Extraordinary, juice like a strawberry. Money to burn, baby, all of the time. Cut to fade is me. Fade to cut is me. Come juggle with me, I say every time. Here comes the hot stepper, murderer. I'm the lyrical gangster. Murderer, dial emergency number. Murderer, still love you like that. Murderer, my days on violence. Boy, boy. <laughs>